The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. What is happening? Welcome to the Nick and Alex Baseball Show, where we are sad baseball takes a four-day break. I'm Nick Pollock, and I'm joined by the vindicative Alex Fast. Vindicative? Yeah. Vindictive? I meant vindictive. I meant vindictive. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm. I don't know. I, why do you think I'm vindicative? And now I'm all thrown off. I'm. Yeah, listen, I just got. I'm coming in hot. I just got off work. I got you a are. nice piece of string cheese here, and I don't wow. care about me. I don't care about you because there's a person <laughs> here that is more important than both of us combined. It's true. She's a celebrity. She's smarter mm-hmm. about baseball than us. Yes. She's. Uh, she's got a team that's in the World Series. We don't have mm-hmm. any of those things. No, we, we don't. don't. None of that. <laughs> and that's always there. And that's Ellen Adair. <laughs> it's Welcome, me. The Ellen Phillies Adair. are in the World Series. The rest of it, uh, complete baloney. <laughs> Absolutely not. We, we can't thank you enough for being back the second time um, on the show. And uh, Ellen, I can't believe it. Here we are. Phillies Here are in the World are. Series. Yeah, I mean, I had to come back because neither of you ever picked the Phillies to be in the World Series on the <laughs> Nick and Alex baseball show. Yeah, and yeah we messed that up. Yeah, and did. and the the uh, the week that I guest co-hosted, I was all ready to pick the Phillies, mm. you know, in a kind of like Homer way. But I was mm. like, they're you know they could they could squeak into the postseason, and then you know as we all know in the postseason anything could happen. So right. yeah, uh, so yeah, here I am, uh, the Phillies. That's my pick for who's going to win I the messed World that up so much. It was T-ball, and I just spun in the box, you know, um, where I didn't so let you do that one. Um, well, okay, so we're going to talk, of course, about both uh, League Championship Series. Obviously, we have Ellen here um, for the first half of this podcast to talk all about that. But tradition is tradition. We have a pitcher of the week. And this pitcher had 155 innings, a 365 ERA, 133 whip, a 19% strike every 8%, actually 8.8% walk rate, throws a 92-mile-per-hour fastball, CSW just about 26-27%, uh, sub-10% swing strike rate, and about 25% hard contact. Uh, who do you guys think it is this week? Ellen, we'll start with you. I'm a visual learner, so I, I know, have seriously. no idea. What, yeah. what, do you have a visual we can see? What is this? <laughs> I, I do. I do, but you're not going to get it. So. Yeah, I mean, I know that the lesson, the listeners won't get it at this point in the, in the yeah. postseason well, as well. Well, I'll give you this. 57% ground ball rate, fifth best in the majors. There's a little extra hint. They went 10-7 and seven this year. They are in the World Series. I mean, Ranger Suarez. 
Okay, Ranger Suarez is a guest. At least we got a guest now. I, Fast. I was also going to say- I was well, going to say that before, because I uh-huh. know he's like around there in terms of ground ball, right? Like less good this year than he was in the previous years. But like, mm-hmm. yeah, I want to say like fifth through eighth best ground ball rate for okay. starting pitchers. Fast. That's going to be my, yeah. Anyway. What was the innings total? Uh, 155. 155? Yeah. Um, we got a speed run here fast. What was his ERA? What was his ERA? What was his ERA? 365. Oh, it's Ranger Suarez. It's got to be Ranger Suarez. No, it actually is. Okay, right. So Ellen is correct, and that's a good segue into talking about the LCS because Ranger Suarez, honestly, we saw it against Atlanta where he showed up and he dueled against Max Fried and helped them survive that we talked about it as just Nola and Wheeler the only ones there, but Suarez at his part closed out the LCS as well. I That has to be one of these elements, uh, Ellen, that you're going to talk about with the Phillies, not just being Bryce Harper, uh, Aaron Nola, and Zach Wheeler. Yeah, I mean, I think... You know, it's the it's the sort of baseball truism. But I think what we're seeing with the Phillies right now is that basically everybody is contributing. And if they're not contributing at literally their ceiling, they are contributing in a good way. They are more or less the good version of themselves. You know, I mean, I think Ranger Suarez was even better in that game on Friday that you and I watched together Yes, and remembered that moment that we had the argument about Ranger Suarez uh, <laughs> like last postseason. Cause I remember, and I was recalling this that I, and I was too optimistic, but I was like, I don't know. I think he could be a three, five ERA guy. And you were like, that's Shh. What, yeah, I, was I was like, like get out of here. Not right. that, that off. I was, I was like, you, you I consider myself it. a realist optimist and I feel like three, six, five ERA like pretty close you should be thrilled about that for Rangers I am I am very thrilled yeah particularly with the start that he had for the season so yeah I mean it it really just comes down to is his change up working and you know like on on Friday it was it was working better and and he's got that curveball that he has just introduced this year and the cutter and and both of those were working pretty well on Friday so yeah I mean I feel like also him coming in, obviously, to close the game. Hmm. Um, not complete insanity, given that last year in uh, 2021, he was the closer for a little while in the completely unsettled Phillies bullpen before they were like, ah, I think we need you even more in the starting rotation. Right. Um, so he had that experience. And, uh, you know, there was a really wonderful story um, from uh uh, in the Inquirer about the, you know, this sort of conversation between him and Sir Anthony Dominguez about him being like, you know, no, nah, I'm going to go out and I'm going to be in the bullpen with you guys in case uh, you need me. And lo and behold, he was instrumental. And, uh, you know, it felt to me so emblematic of one of the things that Suarez does so well is that he's just very athletic. You know, he played soccer. I think even when the Phillies signed him, he was also potentially like a position player. I don't remember exactly which position, uh, but so that's why he's so good at, at fielding his position. And so that that last inning also came down to him fielding a, a bunt attempt uh, in the ninth in the wet <laughs> grass. Grisham, yeah. Yeah, not, I mean, I don't know. Doesn't seem like the choice to make for me, but. 100%. Yeah, yeah very bizarre. I want to, I want to like remove the baseball, uh, take off the analyst hat and put on like the pure fan hat. So you can do whatever you want for the segment. But you know, I don't know how like how much you scroll on TikTok on or Instagram, but there was that old like meme template that was like, do you know what love feels like? Do you want me to show you? 
Nick and I are not in the World Series. What does it feel like to be a, a, a fan of a team that's good? What is that like? Because I'm not. I don't, Nick certainly isn't. So I am not. Yeah. I I almost don't know. I almost can't believe it, uh, to be honest. And, you know, I think that this has been the most surprising World <laughs> Series appearance yeah, that yeah, I have totally. witnessed of sure. my life, right? Yeah, I yeah. mean, and this is like 1993 was also a surprising World Series, but that is actually like my first baseball memory. And I, like, I didn't know enough to know to be surprised. Like really the main thing I remember is just being heartbroken by Joe Carter. But yeah. I, I feel like I have always loved the Phillies, right? You know, I have, I loved them through, uh, like 10 years of not having actually a winning record. Mm -hmm. And so it seemed like they should have put it together before this. And so in some ways, like, it seems like it came out of nowhere. And in other ways, I'm like, well, yeah, these are actually the guys that I always thought that they were. And like, Mm -hmm. I understand that. And I realize maybe I'm not completely putting the analyst hat off and maybe I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm still slightly wearing it, but I don't know. Maybe I just can't take it off at this point. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I understand that the Phillies have made moves every single off season to get better. You know what I mean? So like the Bryce Harper signing was like, this is it. Now here comes our window. Now we're going to be a good team. And I was like, "Mm, okay, not immediately. Okay. Well, we added Zach Wheeler. That's going to be awesome. Now we're going to be a good team. And so I think that obviously we were all, and by we, I mean Phillies fans, were very excited by sort of the additions of Kyle Schwarber and Nick Castellanos this past offseason and like, yay, finally going above the luxury tax, particularly because I felt for the Phillies of, you know, let us say 2019 and 2020, 2018, um, that I was like, these guys are just a little bit away from Mm. being like a, a postseason right. caliber team. So I do want you to talk a little bit about the bullpen of the Phillies, because that's the one thing that we've uh, we were talking about being terrified of entering mm-hmm. this. And they came through. There was Sir Anthony showing up and doing some major things. Brad Hand be- doing whatever. I uh, Syndergaard sometimes good, sometimes not so good. Right. Yeah. What are your expectations for this pen, and what has really worked for them so far? I mean. What has worked for them so far is that my theory, um, and this is like based on heavy mathematical analysis, is that they stole the Cardinals devil magic from them, (laughs) that they won the Cardinals devil magic from them by defeating them. You know, of course, the Cardinals, uh, people who are not Phillies fans may not recall, the last time that the Phillies were in the postseason was in 2011, the best Phillies team of my life, right? In terms of expecting, like, this is a World Series caliber team. We're going to the World Series. And uh, yeah, they, they... fell in the NLDS to the Cardinals. And uh, my theory was that that it was the curse of the rally squirrel. But actually in the Atlanta NLDS, there was a squirrel seen on the field oh, man. Uh, at Citizens Bank Park. So my theory is like, you know, the, the curse of the rally squirrel has been lifted. We, the Cardinals devil magic has reverted to us. Yes, because I think that the Phillies bullpen um, certainly was improved this year. And so, you know, to say that I expect it to do 2020, 2021 Phillies bullpen types of things would be incorrect. On the other hand, given the way 
that Rob Thompson, it just feels like has really sort of been piecing the quilt together just so that like everybody actually has a blanket. Yeah. It just, it does feel kind of like, um, yeah, the hand of the rally squirrel is upon us. Absolutely. Uh, just because, yeah, it's kind of like, you know, Zach Eflin closed some games, oh, which of right. course yeah. wouldn't have been the case if Zach Eflin hadn't been injured, right, and could be in the rotation, sure. but he was injured. All he can do is pitch out of the bullpen at this point. So, yeah, we've had Zach Eflin close games. We've had Alvarado close games. Yeah. We've had D- Dominguez close games. Obviously, it's been huge for the Phillies because, you know, he was injured. He came back. He did not look good down the stretch in September. I was very concerned, um, but it has been amazing in the postseason, uh, you know, on Friday, I was like a little nervous with him uh, going in for the two inning save. Uh, yeah, I, was, I remember know, I was trying to tell there. you a story. It was like six to two. I had checked out. I was like, this is this game is over. And you're like, no, Nick. No, I'm sorry. I cannot listen to your story. This is so important right now. Wasn't four to the final score of that game? Well, like, yeah, they think... did. I think they. Yeah, I, I just had it such was, confidence in your you feelings like at that point. Two. I was like, yeah. <laughs> Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't, if I was wrong about the score of that game, but I, it wasn't six to two anyway. Um, so yes, it's, uh, obviously Ranger Suarez also got a save, you know, sort of gets to join the ranks of like Kershaw and Bumgarner as, mm. as a pitcher who got a win and a save in the same postseason oh, series. Cool. So yeah, it's, uh, it's been, it's been unexpected. Um, but it's, it's been incredible that the Phillies have won two bullpen games yeah. in the postseason. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah it's like right. if I could just go back and like whisper to my past self, like in 2022, <laughs> the Phillies are going to win two bullpen games in the postseason. I like, I would have dried my tears <sighs> and been like, Oh, well then it's all worth it after all. Yeah. It's been, it's been pretty amazing. Oh, and so, yeah, I mean, I'll we'll say that uh, having Clevenger and Manaya on the other side certainly help um, create one of the longest oh, yeah. uh, first innings ever. Uh, the one last thing, so we don't have you for much longer, and I cannot thank you enough for being here, um, is uh, I do want to highlight, uh, you know, Brandon Marsh. Uh, we, we talked about him a bit, him showing up. Um, also, yeah, how did you feel uh, monitoring that Saturday game? I believe you were there um, in that first inning. And of course, uh, the Harper at bat um, is insane. And lastly, who your World Series MVP would be? Oh, okay. That's so many questions. So many. I'm going to try to remember them. <laughs> um, so Brandon Marsh, I like obviously very excited about that. I was on MLB Network early in the season, being like, the Phillies need to trade for a center fielder. Like if you're if you're running Schwerber and Castellanos out there, you need somebody in center field that you're like, yeah, yeah. Like we got a guy out there who can catch a ball. Um, obviously, Nick Castellanos has actually been. Uh, uh, my husband Eric and I were yelling in unison, "Defensive superstar Nick Castellanos," because it seemed like <laughs> uh, uh, on Saturday he was getting to every single. Uh, ball and he uh, finished the I think it was the divisional series with like an outstanding catch Um, so or it was it was one of the series I don't know it actually might have been the wild card but like I was like I would you know I I watched it go out and I was like well that's a hit and then it wasn't because he had a sliding stop anyway so uh, very excited about Brandon Marsh and you know hitting much better with the help of Kevin Long the Phillies uh the Phillies hitting coach. And I feel really good about him being on the team now, you know, for like, he's the Phillies center fielder for like the next five or six years. And, 
I think that he's a sort of underrated deadline acquisition. So that was your first question. What was your second question? Uh, the second question, I mean, so the the that game, you were at that one on Saturday. Tell us about what that was like. I mean, that first inning was insane. It was it was absolutely I mean, the first inning was a whole lifetime. It was its own universe. It wasn't even a whole ball game. It was like, you know, civilizations rose and fell <laughs> in the course of that one inning. And, you know, I mean, I realized that I said earlier in the podcast that I'm not able to take the analyst hat off. I think that's because I'm on a podcast. Like when I'm at the game, I am a crazy person. I am every Philadelphia fan. I am screaming. I'm swearing. Uh, I mean, it helps for me that I have gone through the Christian Linklater vocal progression three separate times in different (laughs) actor training programs. So like I can scream and then go home and record an audition and not lose my voice. Sure, yeah. Um, Because, yeah, I have a lot I have a lot of training. But yes, I do. I do scream. I remember because the the um, Aaron Nola start versus Atlanta was my first ever Phillies postseason game that I had been to. And I was so amped. I think that that the the inning where uh Reese Hoskins hit that three run homer oh, yeah. having of course just like kind of given up the uh previous game with some defensive miscues classic Phillies classic Reese Hoskins <laughs> I don't think I've ever been so happy in my life or like I've been that happy and that's as happy as I can get I was cr- I was like crazed I was just screaming I told Eric, I was like, I feel like a dog looking for something to bite. Like, that's how excited I was. Um, So I do, like, I can't imagine a game being more satisfying as a baseball game, as a postseason game Mm. than the game on Saturday. Like the, you know, lead changes back and forth and everybody is as invested in the game as I am in like a regular season game (laughs) where the Phillies are playing. Everybody's shouting, let's go Phillies and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I went home and uh, was because my celebrity crush is Scott Fransky, the the radio play by play announcer for the Phillies, and so I they're doing this like Fransky video broadcast where they're showing him doing some of the calls, and so I watched. It was this call for the second time that Harper doubled in JT Real Muto. But what was so exciting about it when we were watching it live was that JT started to steal second, and then Harper had the hit, and I wa- and like. I just was at home and I just cried. Like I bawled. I was like, Eric took a picture of me. Really? Uh, and it, like a video of me being like, it was so beautiful. It was like <laughs> a classic, like hidden red, like where you saw JT start to seal second. And then, and then Harper hit the double and he scored. Anyway, um, I, yeah, I lost my mind. It was amazing. I mean, you know, I much, much hay has been made about how loud Citizens Bank Park is. And I know Minute Maid Park can also be very loud, partly because it's domed. But yes, sure. I um, was at both of the games that I was attending. I did my very best to um, have Citizens Bank Park register on the Richter scale. Amazing. Um, so the, the last thing here, because uh, we know you got to go um, very quickly. Who is the World Series MVP? I mean... You can, you can Bryce Harper yeah, feels like the most probable answer. Bryce Harper. It's got to be Absolutely. Bryce Harper. Yeah. Like, 
uh, like it's just hard for it to be a pitcher. So of course I want to be like, it's going to be Aaron Nola. He's going to pitch two per- perfect games anyway. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, no, I, I feel like Bryce Harper, although, you know, in terms of the Hosk dongs in this past se- like series, obviously Aaron Nola would have been, uh, not Aaron Nola, sorry, Reese Hoskins. I just, you know, I've just well, got course, Aaron Nola yeah. on the brain. Um, but yeah, Reese Hoskins like hit a lot of really key he did. Uh, homers. Um, but I do have these couple of fun facts about uh, Bryce Harper. At this point, he has the most extra base hits in a postseason for a Philly Wonderful. of all time. Obviously, we have more postseason games right, now. Yeah. Um, but we haven't yet gotten to the World Series. So, you know, he could. And also he only could, five games in the series. So. Indeed. Right. Yeah. Not, like it, none of the none of their series went as many games as they could have. Every single one they won. Um, so uh, though they are not undefeated, they've only lost twice. Watch go. out, Houston. All right. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I, I have one more fact. Please, I know I need to leave. Go. Yeah, but this I is for your fact. own sake, Ellen. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. But I just rather talk to you go, all go, the go, time. Go. So um, this is from uh, Shale Cap- uh, Kapadia yes. on Twitter. Sorry that I don't know how to pronounce this person's name. But in the last 15 years, there have been 339 players with at least 40 plate appearances in a single postseason. And of that group, Bryce Harper's batting average this year, 419 and OPS 1351, rank first and first. Wonderful. So, so Bryce Harper, you heard it here first. Uh, maybe Reese Hoskins, the Haas that Reese built. Um, he keeps on hitting Hoskdongs, you know. But I... Ellen, thank you so much for joining us. Fast, uh, anything, last words you want to give Ellen? Uh, I can't see Ellen. I can't hear Ellen. Hopefully she can see me and hear me just because of some technical issues that we're dealing with. But I'll say two quick things. One, thank you for coming on. And two, my World Series pick for winner will be the Astros solely because it means the Phillies will win. Because every series I have picked against them, the Phillies have won. So really, you're welcome. Thank you. Thanks. I mean, you know, I'm just hopeful. I feel like if the Phillies can beat the Astros in one game, they'll do better than anybody else is going to do. <laughs> well, uh, Ellen has to go on the radio now. I'm doing this for her. Uh, I would just have you for the entire show, of course. Um, but Ellen, thank Same. you so much for joining us today. Um, and after this quick break, we're going to obviously talk about the Houston Astros and a little bit more on the Nick and Alex baseball show. And yes, Fast, you did not get to interrupt me. And we're back. That was okay. The, First of all, that was wonderful having Ellen Adair on the show. I mean, how could we not? Phillies are in the World Series. The second part of it is that for half of it, Fast could not see or hear Ellen. And the texts that he's sending me about being in a dream as all he sees are my like my reactions and me responding. And I think I hammed it up a little to try and add like a little bit of absolutely's and oh yeah and everything. Just for the Here, torture. I'll do. Of I'll do, to I'll go, do. What is going on? <laughs> I'll do my impression of of what I saw Nick. I'll do my impression yeah. of Nick while this happened. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> like, and I was just, and you were looking directly like at me minutes. too because you're looking know, at the yeah. camera. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know what's been talked about. I don't know what's being talked about. I don't know how to respond. I feel so like, and it wasn't even like it it wasn't anyone's fault. Zencast or whatever platform or music was doing this strange thing. So we don't know what's going on. Either way, it's still even even in the moments that I had earlier on, it is a delight with her. How did she react when I, hey, how did, please tell me, how did she react when I picked the Houston Astros? Oh, she said, thank you. Okay. And for all your kindness fast. But um, we got, we got to talk about them. One thing I do want to say about that Philly series 
Uh, the Bryce Harper at bat for the home run. MLB Network had a nice breakdown of it. And it's something I talk about a ton on my YouTube channel um, about sequencing. And I think they, they said something really had a good way of expressing it for me, which is Bryce Harper went into that bat expecting something outside, right? Uh, and you can see it that he fell off two 99 mile per hour fastballs away. And he got um, put upright when they went up and in once. And he spit on this one to change it. But that's when we say, oh, what a good take. And I talk about it all the time. The gambit. The next pitch was the 2-2 fastball that he hit over the left field fence. And if you go a second time to that changeup, he won't uh, he won't spit on it a second time. And the analytics say, hey, this is how we do this. And I hate saying the word it analytics, whatever. But no, the information saying this is how you should pitch against Bryce Harper. And the situation says you go away. But that should always be the introduction. And then once the bat continues, then you have to adjust to what you see. Yeah. And that what we saw was Bryce Harper being on away fastballs in that. You ha- up and in works, changeups work at that point, and breaking ball works. But you can't keep going back to the well at this when he keeps fouling it off. Sure. Um, there is indication. Watch that about all the way f- through. You'll see that Harper was going to get one of those eventually. And he did change, of course, the entire series are in the World Series now. Um, props to Bryce Harper for having that plan of attack, knowing how they would go after him and then taking advantage of that. But there's that that battle that makes the game so fun. Um, great there, video on MLB Network about it. There wasn't. I think it was him who said this, but it's an important thing that I wanted to bring up. Uh, if it wasn't him, it was someone else in the Phillies talking about a different about, but I believe it was Bryce Harper who talked about um, seeing, um, who was the name of the pitcher who ended up giving up the home run? Um, it wasn't uh, Pierce Johnson. It was Suarez. Uh, it, was it? Was it? Yeah, it might have been Suarez. Um, yeah. yeah, I think it was Suarez. He was talking about... Um, uh, an earlier at bat from a previous game, right? Mm-hmm. And collecting intel from that and using that intel to bring into this at bat. And it's funny because that sounds like such a duh, rudimentary thing, but it's something that we often don't think about, right? Because we're often thinking about players in bulk, right? How does this pitcher approach sure. these type of hitters? How does this hitter do overall? What is their wobo? What's their walk rate? What's their K rate? And because we're constantly approaching it in bulk, we forget the nuance of like, oh yeah. Bryce Harper is one person focused on one thing. And of course he remembers this one pitcher and how that one pitcher pitched him a couple of days ago. Right. Mm -hmm. And you were so in the moment with these things that we forget about that kind of context. And we forget that how informative those things can be. And especially because of the fact that we rightfully do away with um, those small sample sizes, right? Like we're like, Oh, you know, I always get so frustrated when a broadcast is like, yeah, this batter is over three again this pitcher historically because you're like that doesn't matter but this provides some context that if it's over three and it's been against a reliever that he's seen twice in the past three days there's a little more nuance there so i thought that was really cool to hear about absolutely that's a really good way of putting it and isn't it nice to have a conversation where you can hear and see them um, yeah that is uh, that's also that's also very <laughs> nice i do like that a lot yeah um all right so we're gonna move away from the uh the phillies uh series they're in the world series we're excited about it we're gonna talk about this houston astros yankees series mm-hmm. oh boy well i, I oh, mm. can you call it a series of only one team showed up there you go there it is fast <laughs> Just get them all out right now. What else you got to say about it? Nothing. I mean, at the end of the day, who am I to talk? I'm an Orioles fan. But at the end of the day, both teams are going to be watching the World Series from their couch. Um, 
listen, I, I, this isn't a shock to me. I mean, I know you picked no, the Yankees. Not. But like because the, I was a homer, I even said I in seven. I couldn't do it in five. Or six. I even said the I even said the Astros in five. I, I didn't. I didn't see a sweep coming. I mean, it, it's a part of it is like listen, that's baseball. You know, like there are a lot of breaks that didn't necessarily go the the Yankees way. You know, uh, obviously a lot of people still very upset about the flyout from Judge to right field and the 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 home run. Oh, with that's a, silly. With a forty batting average for Bregman, you know some of that stuff. People yeah. wanted to complain about the the missed um, uh, fourth ball to Stanton in that game, which was a, a blown call for uh, sure. Absolutely, but, and then that turned into a strikeout. Yes, same way it benefited him against Aaron Savali, where he hit that home run also, after the three one called strike. That game, the umpire auditor on Twitter showed actually benefited um the Yankees more so uh overall than the Astros got benefited from sure so you know I I thought that the Yankees were going to put up a little bit more of a fight I don't really know who to squarely put the blame on if there is obviously the media is just going crazy um you know maybe rightfully so I don't know you know what for you as a, you know I know you don't really get to speak about this a lot because you try and remain as unbiased as possible but if you can just go ahead and put the Yankees fan hat on. Like, what do you what do you want? Do you do you want Cashman gone? Do you is it time to shake it up? Do you want you know what? Who do you want to to go out and see them get? What do you think they need to do to kind of go over the hump? Yeah, I don't want Cashman gone. I think the Yankee um, ownership is more held back than they used to be. I think there's also something to be said about their development program. And like you look at the Astros. It starts with development all the way through. There have been a lot of great articles recently about how their coaching staff works in the minor leagues, how it's not, you know, there were, there came out, so we like winning and stuff. Then of course, all the minor league teams lost this year, hmm. but uh, it, there still is something to be said about how the Astros treat their players actually like major leaguers before the minors in many ways. Pay is one thing, but with the resources, with the focus, everything like that. And that's how it should be in every organization it makes all the sense in the world to do that the even from a business standpoint if you want to even put it that way which i hate doing with humans but it's something where okay you invest an extra 200k or something into this and with positions and what do you know you're going to see more sales more success as a team as a result it just makes all the sense in the world to do that i i think the yankees can do more with it um there is something clearly working with houston now we can say everything we want about 2017, whatever. This Astros team is unreal. I mean, from the bottom up is just pure talent <laughs> everywhere. It was so painful as a Yankee fan watching our lineup be just so devoid of any hope. Yeah. And then the Astros, everyone did something. Chaz Every McCormick. single batter, I didn't even feel, I didn't feel comfortable as mm. a fan watching it, right? And it's not like, oh, we didn't have that pitcher or this thing. Yes, we had a lot of injuries with relievers and stuff. Every team goes through some sort of injuries. Maybe more, ours are more impactful with the expectations we had entering the season that we would think we would have some of this, and we didn't really. Wendy Peralta being our go-to guy with Loisaga, who has a sub-20% K rate. I know lots of soft contact, but still not so much, actually, believe it or not. Hard contact rate. Um, not that exceptional. Um, across relievers in the league um yeah it, it's it, it just wasn't a full team it was a shell of a team 
And when you look back at the season, you have to think, okay, we have one player who had one of the most historic offensive seasons ever. And without that, what is this team? Yeah. <laughs> you know, how many, how many wins does this team actually get? Are they even in the playoffs? You know, and when you think about it that way, wait a second, that's not the Yankees. The Yankees are supposed to be a team where you fear every single stop of that lineup. Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously I'm saying this from a spoiled Yankee fan perspective, but it does feel like in some ways that the checkbook isn't being opened as it has before. You know, we we don't offer that mega deal to a guy. Only Garrett Cole is the only one I can really think of in the in the previous five years or something like that. Maybe I'm forgetting someone. Um, but yeah, it just feels like what are we doing here? We're supposed to be that team that does that. Yeah. We are not. And I, yeah, they better go off and get things. They have to, to in my yeah. view. If they don't, it's a failure this off season. So I, uh, I'm excited for that. <laughs> as a fan but yeah we did not deserve to be in the world series the astros are um you know I, I remember watching the last dance with michael jordan of course and talking about the pistons being like every dynasty every good team needs to overcome their monster right there have the you know defeat the uh the ones that are only in the playoffs and the yankees just haven't done that they don't yeah. deserve this yeah um and all the props to the astros too it's not like the yankees were terrible it's just Astros are just better, and that's that. It's great. I mean, I do think the Yankees are good at Dev in, in a certain way. Um, like, I think they've got really good, you know, pitching development. Obviously, we've seen them turn. I think they've got very good player Dev. But I think what's kind of crazy is looking at um, the roster resource page of uh, the Astros right now. Um, mm-hmm. Six of the nine players in their starting rotation, uh, excuse me, in their lineup are drafted by the Astros. Okay. Right. So Altuve, Pena, Bregman, Tucker, Gurriel, and Chaz McCormick are all coming up through their system, which is, I, I, I mean, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that no playoff team had more people come internally than, than them. Right. It just right. It seems like that's the case. Now you're now keep in mind, there were some acquired by trades in there, but still uh, like Alvarez, for example, did not come up with the Astros. Oh yeah. Like, no, but I'm drafted. saying the, none of the yeah, people yeah. I just mentioned were, were via trade. Everyone I just mentioned was, Oh really? Was, oh wow. Altuve, Pena, Bregman, Tucker, Gurriel, and Chaz McCormick. Oh, you didn't mention Alvarez in there. Oh no. my gosh. Yeah. Unreal. That's that's they're all through their system. Okay. And then now let's go to the rotation. Framber Valdez, Christian Javier, Lance McCullers Jr. Right. Okay. So the the acquisitions are obviously are huge in Justin Verlander and Jordan Alvarez, even though Jordan Alvarez was more so a shot in the dark at the time. Um right. but that that is that's remarkable, right? And then, you know, the bullpen is is still they've still got four. Uh, dudes who who they drafted but then you go and look at philly and the people who came up through their system are hoskins alec bohm who's still you know a contributor and then bryson stott uh who's who's platooning <laughs> um now obviously the 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 rotation's a little bit different you got nola suarez and i mean bailey falter if he is there but like so that's it so there's three players who are uh, uh right. coming up through their system with with houston like it's going to be very interesting. Um, well, it's, we'll talk about the World Series in a second. It, it's just remarkable. Like, and it, it really does put an interesting context. I'm not. I'm not a Houston Astros apologist by any stretch of the imagination. I think what they did was incredibly reprehensible. But one of the things that I was always frustrated about about that scandal was the fact that every team did some version of it, right? And I thought that was something that was very buried, and it doesn't make it right. 
but I think they cast aside every success Houston had. And I, I think it's time to then throw that out the window, right? Like it, 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 it's, they're clearly, I mean, they were the second best team in baseball by record, best team in the AL by record, have not lost a playoff game since. And again, I'm not apologizing for what they did. I don't think it was good. I do not like that they did it. I think they should have been more punished for it and they weren't. But I, I think it's time to divorce that from the fact that they're they're a damn good baseball team. Well, right. I mean, that's the thing that I think bothered me a lot, too. I mean, there's two halves of it. I mean, one was the reaction to it. and There was no yeah. remorse. Yeah, of course. Um, and that might be too what you're saying about everybody's doing some version of it. Mm-hmm. They only got caught, but like there was still no like, yeah, we did something that was bad and we regret it and we want to showcase that we don't need it because they were really the main point is that they didn't need it. Mm. They were so good. Yeah. And this yeah. is a, this is Astros team that has lost Garrett Cole, um, George Springer, Carlos Cray in that time. You know, and they've still not lost a step. Jeremy Pena coming up, filling the holes of Korea, no problem. I mean, their pitching staff being as good as it is, you know, sans Cole. Um, It's, I mean, Chaz McCormick being valuable, you know. Jordan Alvarez, any sort of uh, ding you want to give about Springer, Alvarez is certainly filled up, right? Uh, It's it's absolutely remarkable. And also, Bregman coming back and, and performing well. He didn't do so well in 2021. Um, and yeah, they did all this and they haven't lost the playoff game without Altuve doing squat. Uh, so it, it truly is incredible what they're doing. And yeah, they are the best team. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the Dodgers, Dodgers Astros wouldn't be very fun because I do feel the Dodgers are very deep, but it will say Astros, uh, health wise in a better situation than the Dodgers when it comes to that rotation you know, Walker Bueller, mm-hmm. Dustin Magon, um, you know, Tony Gonsolin, not fully there. Right. And I, I I just feel like, yeah, it's it, this is the World Series for the Astros to lose. The Phillies are a very fun thing right now. Kind of reminds me of the 2007 Colorado Rockies. Of We all knew the Red Sox were the better team, but the Rockies were like the hot team. Yeah. The ones that hadn't lost a single playoff game. Then they, because they swept, they had this long break before the World Series started. And that's what we're seeing now. We've seen this four-day break. I think the Astros are just going to go in and just trounce them. Uh it's not. I don't think it's close. I'd say. I mean, I'm saying Astros in five. I hope it's the Phillies. Hmm. Uh, I I think it's just more fun. I, I like the uh, the Astros have it. You know. I mean, I know that they want to say like, look, we won 2017, and we want like a real one now because mm-hmm. 2019 the Nationals beat them and and so on. Um, but and you know, 2021 against Atlanta, they want like one that's like, no, we did it without cheating. Mm-hmm. I totally get that. Um. And who's to say if they really cheat in the World Series? Uh, but um, yeah, but the Phillies, I mean, like I feel like this is the shot for the Phillies. Mm. Well, the Astros aren't going anywhere. I mean, yeah. they, it's it's it, this is a dynasty. We're witnessing a dynasty. Even though they haven't won since 2017, the absolute domination of this team at this point, of just always winning the AL West, always being either in the World Series or like right there, it's... It's very much like a dynasty. It is. It's a really fun matchup because it is. Uh, it really is kind of like an unstoppable force versus an immovable object, and because it's uh, the unstoppable force, meaning the Phillies have so much incredible momentum. Because 
you know they read the papers. You know they hear the media. They're the team that was the most counted out. They're the number six seed. A lot of people didn't even think they were going to make the playoffs. They thought the Brewers were going to catch up to them. And now here they are, and they're going to be in the World Series. And they're thinking, you know, listen, we took down St. Louis. We took down Atlanta, who everyone thought was going to win the World Series again. And then, you know, we just took care of San Diego. No one can beat us right now. So, And I, I admire that. I mean, I think it's awesome to watch them have that confidence, and they should. But now they're coming up against a team that, hasn't lost a playoff game so far has had taken every other criticism that every other team in their position dealt with, which is, Oh, well they had a couple of days off. So maybe they probably lost their rhythm and they threw that out the window with one swing of Jordan Alvarez's bat in game one against Seattle. Uh, they've been thrown as much adversity with these off with these off days and it still hasn't impacted them. What I'm curious to see is like, is there anything that happens if they lose? Right. Does 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 the does is that the kind of counterpunch that kind of knocks them down for a second? But I'm kind of inclined to believe that they're so headstrong and they're such a tight core of dudes who have been there before that even if they do, they'll be able to shake it off. You know what I mean? They seem like they're very good at taking it game by game, moment by moment, and it would be tough to imagine a war. You know, like I said earlier, like I've counted out Philly a lot. I think maybe I only picked them once. I think I picked them against St. Louis, but I picked Atlanta. I picked San Diego. Um, uh, I got him twice, you, baby. You got him twice. Uh, I I don't know. Again, <laughs> maybe it, may, it, it would just be, man, it would be so impressive if they did. Put it this way: I just want to see a series go six too. Like I don't think we have really taken a step back and talked about as a fan base. Like those, the CS kind of sucked in that way. Like some of the games oh, yeah. were really, really great. I mean, the like, Phillies, Phillies, Padres games are pretty good. Yeah. Um. You know, yeah. Harper's home run was amazing. That game four was thrilling. Yeah, the four to three um, first inning. I I mean the Yankees Astros games. It felt like it just it felt like slow torture. I I really feel like it was the 2012. I uh, I think it was 12 um, against the Tigers. Uh, what was Raul Abanez's year against your Orioles? Uh, was that 2012? I think it was 2012, right or 11? Was, That's was, the year I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever that was. Because what happened is that we beat the Orioles. And we feel like we weren't very good and didn't deserve it, kind of like against the Guardians. Mm-hmm. And we got swept by the Tigers because we all knew it. I remember that so distinctly. It's the same thing. I went to game two because ticket prices were down to $15 in the in that series against the Tigers. And what happened in game four of this? It was like $28 on, on game day. I mean, people thought it was going to rain and all of that. Sure, it got delayed. But $28 for a Yankee playoff game? Are you kidding and I said, no, I didn't want to go. You know, I mean, that's how it felt for us. It was just so like, yeah, we know this isn't going to happen. Yeah. It, oh, gosh, it was it was it was so painful. I mean, that's just how good the Astros were. I mean, yes, the Yankees were bad, but the Astros were just that good. <laughs> it's, it's so funny. Uh, it's so funny to think about how it's very, very different circumstances, but it is funny to think about how Seattle lost in 18 innings and stayed and chanted, let's go Mariners and show the team their support and how happy they were. And then no one showed up to an elimination Yankee game. And when they yeah, lost, no they probably just booed. They're like, I'm no, not doing this. No one, no one cared at all. Yeah. You know, um, it was, yeah, it was rough fast. It was rough. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that was a moment of silence. Okay, so all right, here we are, World Series time. Okay, who's mm-hmm. who, what are you predicting here? I'm predicting the Astros in five. I just think they're too good. 
Mm-hmm. Verlander goes out there. Framber Valdez goes out there. I I guess it's uh, I'm forgetting somebody. It's not Arquiti, not Garcia. Who's the third one that is Luis Garcia for them? No, isn't there a third? Isn't Lance there, McCullers Junior? I guess so. Isn't there another stud? Oh yeah, Christian Javier. Oh, Christian. Oh man. Yeah, Christian Javier is is Spencer Strider. So yeah, he's gonna be great. I mean, yeah, that was like watching Christian Javier dissect them. That's how you defeat the Yankees. You throw high heaters. They can't catch up to them. And oh man, it was so oh, man, it was so good. Okay. So you have that rotation. You have their uh their pen that that killed it as well. You have obviously their offense we talked about. It's just too much. Um, and on the other side, it's the Phillies. I still think it's just Nolan Wheeler. Ranger Suarez, I'm happy it's worked. But it's really just Nolan Wheeler. And you got to hope that you win those games. Because I really think you're at such a significant disadvantage in the other ones. Mm. Um, that it's just not going to go your way. Like, you could do the Ranger Suarez or Noah Syndergaard thing when it was against, like, Clevenger and Manaya, Or you're hoping that Darvish allows some home runs as he gets the ball thrown back to him at the wrong time. Right? Like, that, I, that will work. You're not going to get that against the Astros. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I can't. I think that Bryce Harper's just going to get fastballs up and in and breaking balls down. He's not going to get anything that he likes the entire series. He's just going to cool down. So, yeah, I'm taking Astros in five. I want to say the Astros in, in six. I, I mean, I think Wheeler's looked fantastic a lot. And I think that, so there's a winnable game there. You know, if Nola obviously has an incredible amount of upside. Um but I, I don't know, like you you kind of hit every talking point on the head, so I'm not going to really reiterate it. I'm with you that the Astros are the better team. One thing that I wanted to quickly discuss before we wrap up here, um, are do we need to, with this playoff performance, do we need to revisit any Harper-Trout conversations? Oh, right? Uh, no. No, it's still like unanimous that like Trout is yeah. a better player? Yes. I mean, I think we've underrated like the impact of him across the last decade. But you know, Mike Trout's the better player. I mean, Bryce Harper though is one of the the players of our generation, though. Yeah, I just wonder if there's a like the the career trajectories for them right now are incredibly different, right? It would not mm. surprise me if you know, knock on wood. I'm obviously not hoping this happens, but it wouldn't surprise me if like we didn't get 162 games at a Mike Trout collectively over the next three seasons. You know what I mean? The scary back issues, the perpetual health concerns. Like, so I wonder if we do look back, you know, if in six or seven years from now, or even in 10 years from now, if we get to have one of those fun trivia questions of knowing what you know now, who would you start a franchise with peak Mike Trout or peak Bryce Harper? Is there ever going to be a world where the answer is peak Bryce Harper? I'm just going to tell you right now, he played in 119 games and about 500 played appearances, and Mike Trout still had 40 home runs this year. Yeah, unbelievable. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. So Maybe I, I'm just it. gonna just gonna stop right there. What did he hit? Average. What did he hit? What did he slash? 283. Uh, 283, 369, 630. Uh, slugging, 630 slugging. So that's an over 1,000 OPS, of course. Um, just about 1,100. Yeah. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Maybe it still is no topic. Yeah, sorry. Um, but uh, wild thoughts, fast. What is your wild thought this week? None. Don't have one. None. Zero. Why? Get out of here. I have a good one. All right, let's hear it. I, I want the last World week, Series. The yeah. I want the World Series to be a win by two. Win by. Two. It just keeps going until until you have you know you win the series five to three. Oh, so first to four games, but win by two. Yes. 
Oh my God. You just keep going into November, December until it ends. That's pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's a lot of fun. I mean, look, the 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 uh, the owners of the ball clubs are going to be like, absolutely, more TV money, more stadium, sure. all that stuff, right? Uh, it, it makes it really feel like you earn it, you know, and, and there's constant elimination games. It's kind of like tennis in this way, right? You know, you just keep pushing it one by two. I think yeah, is tennis really the fun. only major sport that involves a win by two. Yeah, I think so. It's funny because I feel like in every like backyard game of whatever, it's always like win by two, win by two, got to win by two. Right, uh, right. And nowhere else do we employ it aside no. from, from tennis. I think the World Series should be one by two. I dig it. I wonder if there's any world in which you make it context. Uh, 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 you remove the home field advantage like you do what the Super Bowl does. Or you say we're playing seven games. I would hate that in Colorado. So yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine every year? You know they the say World they Series. say it's a Miami, and still they'll have three thousand people. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh, that is Sorry, so Miami. Funny. Uh, okay, um, that is going to wrap it up. And as we mentioned, it is Ranger Suarez. But thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Nick and Alex Baseball Show. We'll be back next week uh, talking about uh, pretty much wrapping it up, I guess. Actually, we're going to skip next week. We're going to do in two weeks uh, when the World Series is over, talking about free agents, everything like that. Because, yeah, the World Series won't be over next weekend. You know, what, what are we going to do? Midway through the World Series, we got first pitch Arizona to go to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got things to do. So we'll be back in two weeks, um, but that's going to do it for this episode of the Nick and Alex Baseball Show. My name is Nick Pollock. Thank you so much, Alan Adair. And my name is Alex Fast, and we'll talk to you guys soon.